From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 22nd of March 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through the UK's plans to send depleted uranium shells to Ukraine. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, I sit down with Rory and discuss what might happen in the Partygate inquiry. But first, why is the UK reportedly sending depleted uranium shells to Ukraine? In the House of Lords on Monday, junior British Defence Minister Annabel Goldie said that the UK would supply armour-piercing rounds which contain depleted uranium to Ukraine, alongside the UK's gift of 14 Challenger 2 tanks. These kinds of shells have been used in conflicts before. In fact, there's nothing new here. The key thing to note is that the new rounds are made using depleted uranium, a byproduct of the enrichment process. As such, it's less radioactive than naturally occurring uranium. The metal is used in armour-piercing shells due to its density. It's about 70% more dense than lead, and its inclusion in these armour-piercing shells mean that they're hardened and they more easily penetrate enemy tanks. Independent research by scientists from the Royal Society have assessed the impact of the shells and concluded that any impact to personal health and the environment is likely to be low. Irrespective though, Vladimir Putin has said that Russia would be forced to react if the UK did send shells made with depleted uranium. He claimed that the West was deploying weapons with a nuclear component. The UK's Ministry of Defence hit back, saying that depleted uranium is a standard component and has nothing to do with nuclear weapons, adding that the British Army has used depleted uranium in its armour-piercing shells for decades. However, the campaign for nuclear disarmament hit back here slightly. They accept that depleted uranium shells have been used by the US and British in Iraq in 1991 and 2003, and the Balkans in the 1990s but that it's thought that the extensive use of these shells is responsible for the sharp rise in the incident rate of some cancers, like breast cancer, in the area they were used. Unfortunately, as there's no reliable data on exposure to these types of shells, there's no large-scale studies on the impact of the shells. Nonetheless, the Ministry of Defence has accused Putin of misinformation. Colonel Hamish de Breton-Gordon, a former British Army commander and chemical weapons expert, agreed, saying that Putin's comments were classic misinformation, and that it was laughable to suggest that the depleted uranium rounds were in any way linked to nuclear weapons. It's unclear what reaction, if any, Putin would actually have if the UK does end up sending these rounds to Ukraine alongside Challenger 2 tanks. Okay, so that's our main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. On Tuesday, the Ugandan parliament approved some of the world's harshest anti-gay laws, sparking fears for the safety of LGBTQ people in a country already hostile to the community. Same-sex relations are already punishable by life imprisonment in Uganda, but this law goes further by criminalising merely identifying as LGBTQ+, with a potential prison sentence of up to 10 years. People could also be sentenced to death for cases involving aggravated homosexuality, which broadly includes cases involving under-18s or vulnerable people. 
It also cracks down on groups and individuals seen to be promoting homosexuality. Amnesty International has called it appalling and deeply repressive legislation that will institutionalise discrimination, hatred and prejudice against LGBTQ people. Gay Ugandans already face legal discrimination and mob violence. LGBTQ activist Frank Mugisha says that they are trying to erase the entire existence of any LGBTQ Ugandan. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Spain's socialist-led government survived a no-confidence vote today, tabled by the far-right Vox Party. Somewhat strangely, the alternative Prime Minister put forward in the motion was not from Vox, but is actually an 89-year-old ex-communist economist. No confidence motions in Spain are constructive, meaning that they need to propose a new Prime Minister who would replace the current one. Incidentally, that's how Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez originally came to power. 89-year-old Ramon Tamames said if he became Prime Minister, his only act would be to immediately call an early national election to be held in May, even though an election is due in December. He's accused the government of not respecting the division of powers and is concerned about the need to defend the nation against a government supported by Catalan and Basque independence groups. The motion didn't win support beyond Vox's 52 MPs, though the main conservative opposition, People's Party, abstained, prompting the ruling socialists to accuse them of legitimising the far-right Vox. On Monday, we reported that Trump could be arrested at some point this week. Although this hasn't happened yet, Trump has reportedly told advisers that he'd like to be handcuffed when he makes an appearance in court, if he is indicted by a grand jury for his payments to an adult film star by the name of Stormy Daniels. Trump has reportedly claimed that he wants to turn this whole saga into a spectacle. He sees being handcuffed as demonstrating that this prosecution is unfair, and he hopes that this will galvanise his base for the 2024 campaign. Apparently, people close to Trump have also claimed that Trump doesn't want any special arrangements, such as appearing by video link, as he worries that this would make him look weak. At the time of writing, Trump has not been arrested or indicted. We end with some uplifting news from Bulgaria. An art exhibition created especially for people with visual impairments has been touring the country. The exhibition has a series of mini-sculptures of world landmarks that would allow visually impaired people to explore the world's cultural heritage through touch. Items include Notre Dame Cathedral, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the Saturn V rocket, classic cars, the Empire State Building and more. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the Partygate Inquiry... You see, I don't want to overstate the, the situation, um, so I'm just going to say that this might be the greatest moment of my life. Then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube.
That's things like real-life law's incredible modern conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings, and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up, and we'll see you on Nebula.